A young man walks into the bar and says, give me a vodka tonic. Unsure of the man's age, the bartender must ask to see his identification in order to prove that he is old enough to order the drink. What if the bartender knew from the blockchain that the guy was old enough without even asking for an ID? He'd be accepting proof with no knowledge of actually having seen the proof. That's zero knowledge proof or ZKP. Today on the show, we welcome Dor Garbash of the MENA Foundation to discuss ZKPs and why they're essential to building a Web3 future with privacy and scalability in mind. By the time we're done, you'll have proof that you've got some knowledge of zero knowledge proof on episode number 668 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Who's bad? listening right now how do we know because you're listening to this in your ears but we don't know that you're listening to it so i guess we've got no proof that you are because you're we don't know who it is there's privacy like when you're listening to shows right trev that is actually really true the only time that we know if uh you're real who's tuning in is for one looking at our analytics and seeing the numbers and then two when you leave a review Mostly when you leave a positive review is when we really know who you are. But when you leave a negative review, it really helps us peer into your soul and see how awful of a person you truly are. Yeah. And we've got one of those for today, but we've also got uh, <laughs> we've got um, uh, an introduction to zero knowledge proof today, which I think is really interesting once you understand exactly what this is all about. And Sir Lord Travis is going to come up with a zero knowledge NFT, a commemorative NFT that we are going to give away for free. And we'll tell you how to do that after our interview today so uh trav should we get on with the show and and welcome door through the come door on, come on baby light my fire let's go there are many terminologies bandied about in the blockchain world and one of them that has surfaced again and again i must confess i know very little about what this actually means and how it actually works because would you say would you say you have zero knowledge about it i have zero knowledge about it and i am the proof okay <laughs> that i have zero knowledge about zkps zero knowledge proof and uh, that's why i'm pleased to welcome dor garbash to the show he is with the mina protocol in fact he is the head of the ecosystem at the mina foundation and we're going to find out what he minas when he's going to tell us all about ZKPs today. Dor, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, sir. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Good, good to have you. I, I really, I know so little about Zero Knowledge Proof, and uh, I want to learn today. So why don't we start on a, a really high level? Like, make it so easy that if I were a fifth grader and you were explaining it to me, that I would understand yeah sure <laughs> I'll, try. I'll do my best i think the maybe let's start by why is it good for why do we even care about the kp i think that's a really great way to start so okay. three three main things 
why why this is even like a thing that you need to learn. <laughs> so, first of all, uh, scalability. Okay, we know we know in blockchain space we have a tiny bit of issue around scalability, and a zero knowledge proof is is one way to to address it. And you actually see significant activity on layers two that are building scalability solutions using ZKPs. The second one, we call it uh, succinctness. Okay, if you look at, uh, if you think about uh, like blockchains like Ethereum or, or, or a lot of other blockchains where you have all these miners, stake, staking pools, you know, that, that need to validate the blockchain, make sure it's decentralized. One of the things that uh, one of the big hurdles they have is that like they have to download the entire freaking blockchain to validate it. And now it's like many gigabytes of size and actually it's going to grow and grow and grow over time to be terabytes of size. And... 1.21 gigawatts. That's, <laughs> That's right. So much. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, but it makes it, you know, but it makes this idea of decentralization less accessible for everyday people. And, you know, you just need to have like a giant server farm, etc. So with ZK proofs, you can actually, and what Mina did is actually compress, condense this, uh, this, this validation from many, many gigabytes into 22 kilobytes. Okay. So something that can fit on your wrist, on your pocket watch, you know, a uh, smartphone. And I think the third one, and which I personally find the most exciting is privacy. Okay, we know this is a big, big topic right now. I think everybody cares right now about privacy and how every day it seems like you know our life is becoming less and less private. We're getting more, more surveilled, less feel agency about where our data is and comes from. And and here zero, zero knowledge proof is is a bit like dark magic. Okay, it can it. It gives you the ability to prove you know something without revealing what it is that you know mm. uh, to, to the other party. So uh, i give you an example. Let's say I want to um, uh, buy a beer, okay? And I need to prove to someone I'm over 21. I don't know why NDS is over 21 and not over 18. But that's I can, I can, I can approve you. You look like you're over 21. I would give you a beer. <laughs> yeah, I wish. He's, I wish someone, just would, a very I wish someone would ask me, would ask me <laughs> to show my ID. That, that's true. That's never happens to me. But, oh, uh, but um, you know, with zero knowledge, plus you can prove you're 21 without saying how exactly old you are, right? Like the bartender shouldn't know, like, why should the bartender know you're whatever, 43? You know, that's none of their concern. So, um, so this way with using these proofs, you can, you can do it in a lot of different types of data, you know, from like showing your, for example, that you're uh, eligible to apply for a loan, okay? Without printing out your bank accounts in detail and showing all your all your bank transactions and all the balances and all your account and spreading it to many, many people. Uh, it's kind of like being pre like being pre-qualified for a loan, right? You're like, you've, you gone to the banks, you're qualified and now you're going to go to a lender and, um, and the bank has vouched for you. Now they're going to ask for proof. 
of that, right? Yeah. But in, in that, that's the same basic concept, right? Yeah, I can basically like mathematically prove to you, okay, that I'm indeed over 21, you know, and I have mathematical proof to believe it, and I don't need to take out my ID, okay, or I don't need to, to, to print out my bank records. Um, I can prove I'm a real human without sharing with you my social security number, you know, all this stuff, and it's 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 a game changer. It's a game changer. It, like we, it's hard to think about it because we live in a world where we have to do that stuff like all the time. So we kind of take it as a, you know as for granted. But in kind of like a post, let's say zero knowledge privacy world, um, people will be able to do a lot more things without being afraid about their identity being exposed or their private information being exposed, it will enable us to do way more things in our everyday lives. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I think just like the basic, really basic stuff, like being able to to vote, okay? Like everybody on this planet being able to vote, uh, proving you're a real person, you know, you have legitimacy to, to vote, but not be afraid that your identity or your vote, you know, becomes known to some ruler, okay? Like, so, again, as Americans uh, or Westerners, we kind of take these things uh, as pretty obvious, but it's actually not a right that's universally accessible for everybody on this planet. Um, yeah, it sounds it sounds interesting what you're talking about, but I think that there's still a core part of this that people don't understand yet, right? It sounds great, okay, zero knowledge proof. You don't need you don't need knowledge to be able to do this, but how is it not manipulated? How is it that it knows if it because with proof of work, I'm able to see the blockchain. I'm able to see all the transactions. It can be proved that this is accurate. That's not accurate. If you're condensing that down to 22 kilobytes and it can be on a thing. How exactly does that work, and how exactly is that a better system that would not be manipulated? Yeah, I think this is. Yeah, I think you know it's, it's kind of funny because I think also behind the you know these abstractions of the blockchains, you, you kind of have extremely complicated cryptographic mechanisms, right? That are not really not everyday person can understand them, you know. But although they are, they do end up end up in the blockchain. So uh, zero knowledge proof is actually very, 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 very similar. There is a bunch of cryptographic primitives, okay, this very high mass that uh, I probably, we don't want to go into details right now. And I'm actually not sure if I could be the best person, like, you know, I'm not like a technical genius like other people in the foundation. Travis could go to are... high maths. Just give him a moment to light up and give him some equations. Well, the thing is, like yeah, our yeah, listeners, yeah. our listeners, a lot of them, you know, they're kind of new getting into the space or they're trying to sort of get a general gist of what it means. And it sounds interesting. Zero, you know, zero protocol, zero proof. You don't need, you don't zero knowledge proof, right? Okay. So you don't need knowledge to be able to do this, but that goes against a lot of what we've told a lot of people throughout the years is that you need to have some of this proof. That's what makes blockchain great is you can tell this, oh, this $10 here was this person's, it's in this wallet. Now it's moved over to this person's wallet. So I think that maybe the the Z, ZKP of it all is a little confusing is like, who's the Oracle? Who holds that truth then if we don't know it? Yeah, it's, it's so, so it's actually in that way, it's very, very similar 
to the blockchain, right? So you, you have, you know, the entire blockchain and payments, you know, it's all, it's all basically about math, right? It's all about this, this cryptographic primitives that, that work and cannot be broken or hacked to. And this is just the zero, zero knowledge proof. It's just, this is just applies uh, for, for proving computations. Okay, in the same way that you prove uh, transactions. So, you know, without getting too much into the details, okay, there's there's some hard math in the background that that works and makes sure that the proof is legit. And this is actually like, and the proof you're claiming to have is actually like a hard proof. Um, of course, this this requires significant computational resources, but Again, these things you you will be able to see them on the blockchain. Yeah, because when we're talking about proof, we're talking it's a hundred percent. Like there's no well, we think we can prove it. It needs to be factual. It needs to be completely legitimate. So when we're talking about privacy, especially, which I would imagine is the biggest concern for people that are supporting and looking at ways to move zero knowledge proof uh, forward, there can be no ambiguity. Just like the Bitcoin blockchain has to be completely accurate. There's no room for error in the ledger whatsoever. Not even one Satoshi can be off. Zero knowledge proof means this is completely accurate. There's no room for fake news in this protocol. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if it's, if, if, at least about the specific facts that are being computed and taken as inputs. So. It's kind of like, you know, in the end of it all, you know, it, you, you know, in theory, you could have fake news, although like the specific fact, you know, about person's age being above a certain number, you know, will be true and will be proven, you know, there's still a limit to what, what can be proven and not be proven. Now, I think, you know, a lot of what's happening on Ethereum is it, it, the scalability is not good. I mean, I saw a tweet just the other day from a top game developer who said, look, the, the the most blockchain gaming is not going to happen on Ethereum. It just can't because it can't process enough power at one time. There's not enough transactions that it, can, it's, it would cost way too much money and gas to play some of these games on Ethereum. Now, what you're saying to, to us, it seems like, is that with this ZPK, ZKP, excuse me, zero knowledge proof, is that you have an oracle that says, here's the truth, and we have to trust that. But then we could do a lot more transactions per second. So it would seem like Web3, Metaverse, blockchain gaming, GameFi type of stuff, play to earn could work a lot better maybe on one of these types of things. And you said that ZKP is like a blockchain. Are you saying it's not a blockchain? No, it is. So, so <laughs> there's a few, a few things to, to, to cover. First of all, like, you don't need to trust someone who provides a ZKP, you know, because you can you can compute it yourself. Okay, so so you can run you can validate and run this calculation. Uh, it's the same math. Um, I think a secondary thing is um, that yeah one one of one of the key things that can happen in with ZKPs is that can happen off chain. Like the computation can be off chain, and you can actually and I think this is like the stuff that's kind of a bit hard to wrap around. You can actually prove a certain computation actually took took place. 
Okay, so it's actually like better than oracles in a way because you don't need to trust uh, in the KP, you don't need to trust the oracle. Um, so I think so. So, so the KP is, is a crypto is, is a cryptographic primitive. Uh, it's not necessarily a blockchain per se, but blockchain can use this cryptographic primitive. So Mina uses this cryptographic primitive, uh, you know, to make the broth, to, to make the blockchain proofs more succinct. Or we use this primitive to build zero knowledge apps, so privacy preserving apps. Uh, but but it's not the same as you know. It's just another technology that can be on top of blockchain. You guys call this programmable privacy, right? So why are why is zero knowledge proof so essential for the the Web three experience going forward? As opposed to what do we have? What do we have right now apart from zero knowledge proof? One knowledge proof? Like what's what is? If you're not using zero knowledge proof, what are you using? You're using a public blockchain, right? Yeah, using a public blockchain, which has a lot of benefits, but, you know, let's like put this analogy in your everyday life, right? Like imagine that every single transaction you make with your, your credit card and purchase is going to be forever posted on a public ledger mm-hmm. and everybody can see it, which mm-hmm. is basically what's going on. You know, our second, our second uh, way to look at it, think about if every time you you voted or... F for something or signal something, you know, everything is like on the public chain forever, even if it's like 50 years from now, you know, and like where, where, where anything we're saying now will probably be like not, not PC, <laughs> right? Mm. Uh, you know, everybody can, everybody can access it and connect it to you and your, your offsprings. Okay. Like there's zero privacy here. Um, you know, this is actually, I would say probably like this is worse than what's going on in Web two, in terms of privacy. At least, at least in some Web two applications, you know that that private information is only visible to a few corporations, right? Or you know corporations and, and governments, and not generally to the, to the entire public. And they love that, right? The governments love the fact that you can go in and and trace where that Bitcoin came from. You can go in and trace where that Ethereum came from originally. But what you're saying is you're going to go from zero privacy to a zero knowledge proof, which will then sort of mask your identity, but still allow you to transact. It seems to me that that's going to be something they're going to try to outlaw down the road too, as they move towards this this central bank digital currency type thing. I think there's like a wide variety of privacy use cases and yeah it's it's i i you know i don't know what what people would like to legislate on or not mm-hmm. uh, i just know that uh, i just believe that that a world where individual privacy is is protected is is a better world okay. this is different yeah. than like uh like a monero or a zcash where it's a masked address but there's still a public chain where you can see the transaction that took place, right? Uh, I'm assuming that somehow this is like next level from that. Well, well, first of all, like like you know, um, like Mina Layer One is is public and accessible, but 
yeah, when you do when you when when you're using ZK apps, uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a different matter. And then, then yeah, you can benefit from all these like privacy features. So so uh, we're both really deep into NFTs. How do you see uh, zero knowledge proof applying? to you know nfts and and uh, uh you know gaming assets and metaverse all of this especially when we're talking metaverse we're really you know privacy could be a, a huge issue for people oh yeah definitely yeah i mean i think we can think about it together it's really it, it, that's really fascinating i think i think just well i think privately owning nfts as a starter it's like a pretty good good start I also believe that a lot of NFTs are kind of used as a almost like a reputation system, okay? Like kind of a way for you to show new proof. You've been to places, you accomplished things, right? You get an NFT. You know, it almost becomes like a diploma. So I think people can start to, uh, you know, do good, provide value, get recognized without revealing their entire identity. Uh, I think this is great, you know, especially if you think about all these people, all these places in third world countries where people don't even have basic uh, human rights. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, are there any other, you know, use cases you are also interested and fascinated with NFTs? It's, it's kind of like not my, not my expertise, but it's be a really fun conversation. Well, I think it's interesting when you when you're just talking about all of the use cases, and so I'm looking at some other pro, you know, some other places right now where it's talking about, you know, for one, the blockchain side of things, finance, and how Z, zkps can work on that. Online voting sounds really interesting to me because there's a huge problem when it comes to just mail-in voting, where you can where the mail-in votes get sent to different addresses, sometimes multiple people at one address, they fill them all out, drop them in a box. That vote just gets counted and that's not legit. So I would love to know how does zero knowledge proof work in online voting and what is the best use case that you've seen so far with online voting so people could participate in something like that so they could get a feel for how legit it is? Because I don't think people at the beginning is going to trust it until they learn to trust it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think yeah, I would say generally there's like a bit of a legitimacy challenge right now for democracies around the world where, where the legitimacy of democracies are constantly challenged. And yeah, and I think having having mathematical proofs that, you know, your vote has been, you know, your vote is real and been counted is actually would be extremely valuable in that context. Um, let's see, what, what was your second question? Um. Um, my question was about what what sort of online voting is out there now. Is there a use case for that where people can go and go do online voting and to see how it works? And then because I know that there's people who are working on different forms of trying to help people with legislation, right, to, to actually give power back to the people. And it seems to me like this could be something that could help give power back to the people if it's trustworthy, right? So people have to become, fam excuse me, people have to become familiar with that. So what what is, where can people go to test online voting with, with zero knowledge right now? Is there a place? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. So um, 
before I worked in MENA, I was head of governance in IOHK, which is like Cardano's uh, main, main development company. Uh, we're there, we develop privacy-preserving privacy voting using ZKPs that actually powered our innovation fund that had more than 50,000 voters participating. And using this mechanism, we, we funded mo more than 1,000 blockchain projects. Um, and, we, we, and right now in MENA, we're going to do something similar. And we're basically just you know, we just had this, it, I mean, I think one of the really interesting and exciting things about zero knowledge proof is that it's just, it's so cutting edge right now that literally those early use cases and everything you talk about, like show me, show me an example of how this has been used. This is now being built, right? All these exciting use cases that are pushing the edge of what's possible, they're literally getting, getting built right now. So we're, um, in three weeks, uh, in MENA, we're going to launch an innovation program called ZK Ignite, where people are, are actually going to have, you know, the ability to receive support and funding to actually develop these types of use cases. Yeah, so uh, actually, for those who are watching, I've got MenaProtocol.com up on the visuals right now. It says Mina is building the privacy and security layer for Web3 using zero-knowledge technology. You guys mm -hmm. can uh, go down the rabbit hole and learn about ZK apps there. And you yeah. guys put out this report, uh, the State of Zero Knowledge Report 2022. We're going to have a link to that for you in the show notes at badco.in forward slash six six eight and you can read about that. Trav, last question's yours, sir. Well, well, my question is around this. So I just looked on CoinGecko. I did not see Mina on there. I looked in top crypto categories and looked for zero knowledge proof cryptos. I didn't see any. So what are, you know, when people are now going out and doing their own research down the rabbit hole, um, where do you suggest they go? I think just Google Mina, Mina Protocol. Is that going to be a crypto? Is that a project? Is that a coin people can invest in Mina? Is it doesn't look like it's available yet, correct? No, no, it's available. This project's been, uh, you know, we had our main and launch okay. uh, a few years ago. We're Mina Protocol, okay, there we go. It is, it's the number yeah, 86 we, we, one overall. It wasn't popping up on CoinGecko yeah. when I tried earlier. 58 yeah, yeah, cents yeah, yeah. a token it, right now. Okay, I see. It's, it's, a, it's an extremely legitimate project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it actually had many, many years of development. We're, we're pretty much the pioneers in in this space. You know, we're I think we're we're like really the only ones that have like an actual functional zero knowledge layer one running. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know if if you don't mind me like uh, pitching a bit, you know, I think I think the other really interesting thing about Mina is our like language for developing ZK apps, uh, currently called SnarkyJS, which is like JavaScript. So it's like the most popular programming language in the world. And um, when you look at other actors in this space, they're pretty much forcing developers to learn a whole new programming language, usually like one that is like obscure and was kind of invented. And, you know, maybe there's like a handful of people are, are actually like, using it um, while our technology is just like way more accessible for an everyday developer to come in 
and get started and build their own Zakea. Dude, I'm looking at this right now. I'm looking yeah. at this, and you guys are at like 50-something cents right now, but in the all-time high, you guys were over $6. So just to get to your previous all-time high, that's a 12X, not financial advice. But if you're saying that you guys are the leaders in this and you guys are creating the technology that uh, that other people are sort of building theirs on, might not, not financial advice, but might not be a bad idea to look into this a little further. Yeah, I don't think I can comment on price. No, no, it's like really my focus, uh, you know, the focus of us and, you know, is actually like, yeah, just bringing this technology to life and making sure there's real world use cases, you know, making sure the ecosystem thrives and, and you know, and making sure that you know, at the end of the day, we're making the world a better place, you know, and, and we're giving nice. technologies that, you know, I really wish for us uh, as the whole blockchain community, like, kind of move from a defensive perspective about privacy to a more a bit more like offensive perspective so so what do i mean instead of like trying to fight the fight of like oh let's like add this like that tiny feature and a bit of privacy while whatever big big organizations of the world are eating into privacy faster you know we can just create a world where privacy is a first class citizen that actually enables people to do way more things that you just couldn't do before. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think mm-hmm. I think from like when you start to think about, you know, what kind of headache and cost is getting medical records, for example, from from one one provider to another, uh, sharing scientific knowledge uh, from like even even if you have let's say if you have a, a an embarrassing personal problem. Okay. Like I don't want to talk about that. I I, I I don't want to talk about that. That's <laughs> Yeah, but like even if you're, if even if you know, it's it's like it's it's funny, but it's also real. You know, like people that are facing a addi- problem like like addiction. Okay, so right now they can't like just go out in the world and like apply to all sorts of places and find the best service like in a normal marketplace. You know, because they're afraid for their identity, they're afraid for, for privacy, and their their access to services is very limited. But what if your privacy is guaranteed? You know, what if you can? Talk, share, get your problem treated, you know, getting people beat to, to help to support you without that fear. Or like, what if people could be whistleblowers or report, uh, yeah. let's say like, you know, more than, you know, millions of people die from, you know, construction workers die every day because inadequate safety procedures in their work sites, right? Mm-hmm. What if they had a safe way to report that? Maybe if they can even. That's a really interesting use case. I thought you said, "What if you could be anonymous so you could talk shit?" Is what I, you, <laughs> anonymously, which is what I thought he was going to say, but he said, "Talk and share." No, that, that, that's really important. <laughs> so you're talking about these whistleblowers. I like that idea. Is there a Mina protocol lab of some sort where you guys are saying submit? You know, your idea for a proposal. We have a we have some funds over here in Mina to utilize. Is that something you guys' ecosystem has? That's right. Actually, in yeah, as I said, in three weeks we're launching ZK Ignite One. Okay. Uh, which will be distributing uh, three quarters of a million dollars uh, in USDC and tokens, just to be this like early seed, crazy exploration lab for people to develop those early use cases. Nice. So this you know, so if you're a developer that. and you you just feel like you want to be on the cutting edge and you want to not just like optimize existing things, but, you know, maybe create whole new product categories, 
push the edges. We want to empower you and 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 give you that opportunity to do that. It's so, funny because uh, the the term zero knowledge, the website says build with zero knowledge. Well, that's me. I have no knowledge. I <laughs> I'm being invited to build. This is great. Yeah, build it. <laughs> yeah, obviously that. Yeah, obviously the zero the zero knowledge, whatever weird mathematician <laughs> and academics like did not consult a branding agency. Right. Hey, this is great. <laughs> Don't have a GED or a high school diploma. Build with zero knowledge. I'm a website now. <laughs> My champion. Well, right. we, now I have some knowledge. And, and uh, we're I have one knowledge now. Now I we have are, one knowledge. Right. So now I have one about, knowledge. Not half of a knowledge. To add to my zero knowledge door <laughs> thanks for coming on and sharing with us today um you keep keep developing over there at uh, at mina minaprotocol.com is the website and you guys can find links to it and to the uh, the report that they've released in the show notes at badco.in forward slash six six eight we're gonna take our one knowledge now and uh go on with the show so yeah. thanks man appreciate it I just want to say, Dor, you didn't seem Mina to me at all. You seem pretty nice, actually. <laughs> really nice. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'll take that as a, as a great compliment. So thank you so much. Uh, you too. Have a, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. And now you know a little bit more about zero knowledge proof. And it really is a very simple concept. And I understand completely why this is uh, important for privacy. Mm -hmm. I don't fully understand the mechanisms of it, right? So I don't know where the vulnerabilities are within it because we've it's not. Math. It's math, yeah. But the, the, you know what? As we're in this space. It's like you never, you know, trust but verify. Mm -hmm. And so we can interview this guy, and he can be our verification. But now we trust. I mean, I, I don't know. It's still, it's like uh, I need to know more information about it because right now I feel um a little un, a little a little i don't feel as much trust as i should have but it seems like if it is legit and it can do the things it says without having those vulnerabilities then it might be a good solution for online voting potentially i like mm -hmm. that concept i like i don't like mail-in voting people who've listened to this show they know that mm -hmm. right it's, it's it's if you've seen 200 mule 2000 mules you know things can be fraudulent oh uh, you're just being a conspiracy you get upset about it you get upset mom. about it it's what it is if somebody is upset about it and we're going to read their review in just a moment but want you guys to know that you can get a free nft uh, all you need to be is in the bad crypto nifty club you go to badcrypto.uncut.fm is the link to it and then you want to make sure that you've got one of these spinny nfts in your wallet three dollars and 24 cents at today's ethereum price uh why do they cost anything at all just so we don't have bots scooping them up you put something out there for free and all these bots end up with them and then they get all the nfts and you know we figure bots aren't going to drop three bucks this is for people who enjoy the show so go to badcrypto.uncut.fm make sure you have this um i think we'll do the cutoff uh, will be Saturday the 28th. If you don't have one by then, you're not going to get the free drop. But if you've got one in your wallet, you will get the free drop, which I have not yet seen because Travis has not yet made it. He doesn't even know what it looks like yet. I don't. I think it's going to be something that's a little silly, though, which will be I'm, this one will probably try to be a little more funny because if somebody has zero knowledge, they're kind of probably an idiot. But this is a little different if you have zero knowledge proof. It's, it's a different sort of metaphor, but... We'll just see how it goes. I'm literally looking, go look in zero knowledge proof images on a search engine. 
Uh-huh. There's nothing. They all look blockchainy. There's nothing uh-huh. really that make that goes. Oh, zero knowledge proof. There's not, so I don't it know that there is a definitive image. Of the internet. The internet has no knowledge of zero knowledge. It's like yeah. a double negative. So they got to figure that out. Um, Dude, I have had a lot of comments of people messaging me about those Ethereum NFTs that we put out. Yeah, like those ones, those, NFT, those are, those those are really solid. And if you did get them, but you don't see them, check on OpenSea, your hidden folder, because Polygon NFTs tend to automatically be hidden if they're not coming from a verified collection. So make sure you go and look because they could be hiding in there. Also, a lot of great comments we got from people on the Tika Tawari. We got some great tweets and feedback. But this guy, Trent Rob, Rab, Trent R. Rab, he's a Canadian, eh? He's a hoser, and uh, he he went out of his way to write this here review because he felt real passionate about the show. He said it was probably the worst podcast I've listened to, eh? And I'm going to read this in Canadian because why not? I, Dude, really, I don't even I don't even see that one on my on the. Um... I really enjoy investing in crypto podcast day. Eh? When I stumbled across this one, I was excited as I saw the guest was Tika. And he always provides good insights into the market. I couldn't be more disappointed. eh? These hosts, these hosers are clowns the way they conducted the podcast. The guy in the background constantly adding his two cents with the bad jokes. And the main guy sounds very inexperienced as well. I couldn't even listen to the whole podcast because I had my toque pulled over my ears, which is a shame because I wanted to hear all that Tika had to say. I felt sorry Tika had to sit they're answering these here hosers don't listen if these here guys are looking to improve they should listen to the we study billionaires podcast to understand how to interview them professionals at the top of their class dear and now i gotta go off to tim hortons and and get me some food get a donut and a coffee eh you hosers (laughs) yeah we're not we're never gonna make it we need i mean we're never gonna make it ngm i mean I think that's a person that has zero knowledge right there. Oh, he's Left got the proof. Review. He's got the proof, though. So what I want to know is... I don't know that he didn't realize that. We we do tend to put in our two cents worth that makes it entertaining, at least to us. And Literally. if it wasn't entertaining to us, we wouldn't even do it because it wouldn't be fun. And then the thousands of you that do enjoy wouldn't enjoy it. You'd be like, these guys are generic. They It is AI yeah. only. Mm-hmm. So he said the guy in the background, I don't know which one of us that was, constantly adding his two cents with bad jokes. And the main guy... Sounds very inexperienced. I want to know who's the background guy and who's the main guy. Well, you're probably the main guy since you're the one who reads the teaser off. It comes off like you're the main guy then. I sounded very inexperienced. I've only been doing broadcasting for, let's well, see. Well, Peter 40, Brady, your voice was cracking. 40 years now, but yeah. you're right. I've got no experience, sir. I don't understand people going out of the way to write one-star yeah, reviews. That dude needs to go hang out with Justin Trudeau and get his suck on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're a Canadian and, uh, you know, you like the show, we'd like a five-star review from you because we're a fan of of the Canadian people. We're just not a fan of uh, Trudeau. They're, uh, you know, and and people who are mean. Mean people suck, eh? Well, I got two cents here, and I would say, you know, try as you might, we still have a 4.5-plus 
f- star review rating of over a thousand four point seven, which by the way is four point five plus still. Uh, but we would. Uh, love I guess it depends new. on where you're looking at because I'm looking at ours on on Apple. Podcast. I don't know where you're looking. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing, and I'm okay. saying we need. I saw it's like a five point two, and it's like more than five. We Suck would it. love to hear from uh, some others of you with some of the fun five star reviews, some funny stuff. So go jump over there, take a minute of your time if you've made it this far and and do that for uh for the the funny guy and the main guy <laughs> yeah it's, it's called the bad crypto podcast like he's over there making bad jokes like yeah. oh well, you go, don't get it brother go figure sorry man. tika sorry you had to deal with that you know tika at, at, at some point in that that podcast he was he was looking at me like i was a little crazy he's like oh no it's not gonna get nearly that bad why are you yeah. just live your life bro and i was like okay well i mean i do live my life but i know that shitty people getting in charge of things and economies tend to crash over time. And hopefully everybody is safe and secure when that happens. There you go. More conspiracy theories, by the way, really interesting to see people capitulating on the, uh, on the vaccines. Now, Scott Adams, who's a former guest on the show uh, was one of the people that came out and said, I trust the science on, uh, on the vaccines and you should go get them. And he jumped, you know, right in bed, with that and uh it was just yesterday that he went live on twitter and he said you know what i was wrong the quote anti-vax people were right about this because there is no doubt there is more than enough data now that demonstrates that these vaccines and the boosters actually are more harmful than helpful according Mm -hmm. to the data that we're now looking at not according to opinion according to the actual data and kathy griffin came out and she's looking pale and frail as ever uh celebrating her fourth booster that she just got so congratulations to her i hope she keeps getting them yeah i i I don't wish well on uh, i don't wish evil on anybody uh i'm just saying she loves them get as many as you like these conspiracy theories <laughs> turns out that uh, not not a theory realist and uh, so you can we have zero can, knowledge of any of this zero, by the way There's we don't know we we're just critical thinkers and we look at stuff around us and go what are the motives of those people who are telling us fill in the blank whatever it is yeah and, that's uh, what we, we always have those conversations it's like this kind of seems fucky what's up with this mm-hmm. and we're like yeah oh look oh here's another resource oh look at that and then it tends to come out if you surround yourself with people who are free thinkers what tends to happen is you end up getting more of the information that is suppressed to most people and then you pay attention to that and you read it and you go wow these are this is not publicly available for most people if you're not looking for it and then you go wow they're not these aren't in our best interest. And so the same people, it's, it sounds like it's a theory, but the same people who were promoting, oh my God, we are so overpopulated. We're going to have too many people. We need to do X, Y, and Z to minimize the amounts of people. And then they come out later and send sick people in to the nursing homes with grandma and grandpa. They get worse and then they pass on a vaccine to everybody. That just didn't seem logical to me. Turns out mm-hmm. we were right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just question everything, gang. Think for yourself. Don't let the uh, the media and the oligarchs tell you what to think. Just because uh, it's coming through mass media does not mean it is in your best interest. And we're just going to question everything. And uh, I think, you know, we've kind of formed a base around the people who enjoy listening to our show are mostly 
people that are awake, not woke, awake, and at least are willing to ask the questions. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And those of you who may not fall into that that bucket, that's fine. We're glad that you're here too. We welcome all here. Uh, we're not here to ostracize anybody. We're just, it's, it's a show that we host. And so we're going to talk about things that are interesting to us. It is the Bad Crypto Podcast. And we are going to encourage you to stay back. Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.